We saw the publication of the Singapore Green Bond Framework in June this year and subsequently the issuance of Singapore's first sovereign green bond. Let's discuss more in this episode. Just a couple of months ago, the Singapore government issued its first sovereign green bond under the Singapore Green Bond Framework. These are the first in a series of expected sovereign green bonds issued under the framework. The Singapore government has indicated a pipeline of up to 35 billion of sovereign and public sector green bonds that will be issued by 2030. So why is the government introducing this framework and how will they influence or affect corporates? We're pleased to have Saurabh, who leads EY Pratinon's Financial Services Strategy for Southeast Asia, to answer some of the questions we have. Welcome. Hi, Fungi. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for taking time out and joining us in today's episode. So to start off, you're from the consulting arm of EY, right? So I understand that you and your team and clients are increasingly looking at the role of ESG. So for listeners who might be curious, could you share with us how does this Green Bond Framework actually intersect with your work? That's a very good question. Thanks for that. Um, We're seeing a lot of work um, around ESG in general and specifically around the green bonds uh, issuance in Singapore and broadly in the region. Um, I would categorize our nature of work into two different categories. One is really pre-issuance, where the the issuers or the the, uh, investors are coming to us to really see the before the issuance of the green bonds and then the post-issuance, which is more around the monitoring as well as reporting of of the green bonds. So in terms of the pre-issuance, I would say the two type of work which we are doing and which the, the help which the issuers require. One is really defining the criteria for the green bonds, the purpose of the green bonds as well as the, the standards they want to follow for issuance of these green bonds. And the second nature of work is around really defining what should be the product uh, they should launch in the market in terms of the tenor of the bonds, in terms of the purpose of the bonds, as well as how the proceeds will be used. So that's where we are advising our clients really in terms of thinking of the framework as well as the strategies around it. Um, now, in terms of post issuance, we are helping clients on two two fronts. One, I, as I mentioned, in terms of monitoring, as they have already defined in their issuance, the, the proceeds will be used for certain particular uh, expenditure and how those expenditures have been monitored and tracked is where EY comes in and support them. This other part is around uh, really the reporting part, which is the reporting standards have been set as part of uh, as part of the governance, as well as the framework that MAS has defined, and they ha- the issuer has to follow certain uh, criteria there and EY is really helping uh, clients in terms of uh, monitoring that as well as reporting as per the standards defined. Mm, Hope that answered your question. Yes indeed that's a very succinct introduction that's very interesting work that you do there so now if we were to look at the Singapore Green Bond Framework right it serves as a benchmark for corporate green bond market so to qualify for financing via the Singapore sovereign green bonds a project will first need to be classified as nationally significant infrastructure under the SINGA which is also known as Significant Infrastructure Government Loan Act wow quite a name (laughs) it must then meet the eligibility criteria stated in the Singapore Green Bond Framework so Saurabh, what are your thoughts on having such a framework in Singapore? Was it surprising that Singapore, you know, came up with this framework? 
I would say not really surprising with, with Singapore really trying to position itself as the green financing hub for the region. This was quite expected and, and it's very much aligned with the, the objectives that the government is setting up. I mean, if you if you see the national determined contribution as per the emission requirements, uh, Singapore is expected to reach a 65 trillion uh, um, tons of uh, emission by 2030. And the government has actually set up uh, the, the long-term uh, low emission strategy called LEDs. Uh, as per which uh, they need to half these emissions by 2050. So to uh, working towards it, the government is uh, uh, launching various initiatives and one of that is they've already defined that we're going to issue 35 trillion, sorry, 35 billion of uh, green bonds by 2030. Mm. And to support that, a framework is required and that will give a lot of confidence to the investors as well as the issuers. Um, so no surprises. I think it's definitely in the right direction. Uh, it's also part of the overall green plan that uh, government announced in 20. 2021, uh, uh, which has multiple initiatives moving towards the green financing. Mm, okay, so I'm guessing this framework can actually help us like boost our standing as a green nation, right? Absolutely, and I think this this strengthens Singapore position for the region and and I would say globally. Um, and uh, as as I mentioned, there's a huge opportunity around green financing and sustainable financing in general. Uh, just to give some numbers, the two trillion of investment needs to go into sustainable uh, investing uh, by 2030 in, only in Southeast Asia. And if you extrapolate to the other parts of the world, this it creates a huge opportunity for Singapore. Right, that's great to hear. So was the government taking the lead and, you know, publishing a green bond framework, right? So how would it translate to industries? Do we anticipate more green bonds from various government agencies? Uh, absolutely. As I mentioned, the government mm. has already announced by 2030, we're going to issue right. 35, uh, 35 billion uh, of green financing uh, uh, through Singapore. This is definitely creates a lot of opportunity for the institutions to mm. leverage Singapore to issue these. And the framework provides uh, a full governance framework where uh, both issuers and investors can get the confidence that they need. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so moving more, I think, um, to time with your work. So as you work with many corporates in the financial services space, right, how do your clients cope with these changes? Uh, look, I think it's 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 a lot of positive uh, news because uh, a lot of corporates are really struggling to see what kind of criteria they need to follow and there are multiple standards that exist globally. So this framework actually defines a very well uh, laid down um, sort of criteria that the corporates have to follow. And it's also great for uh, people like us, we are able to sort of guide them uh, through this process, both as I said, pre-issuance and post-issuance. So I think uh, it's just creating a better environment for the, uh, for the corporates to uh, focus more on green financing. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So that's more from the business or rather I guess like the issuer's point of view. Um, if we were to switch lens and look at it from the investor's point of view, I believe there are a couple of things that investors would be quite mindful of. So first would probably be Greenium, where green bonds are issued at a higher price and lower yields compared to their non-green counterparts. Um, and second would probably be like the greenwashing risks. So that said, um, how could investors position themselves to benefit from this green framework push? Yeah, no, uh, you are you absolutely picked the right areas. I mean, uh, the, the investors are definitely worried about greenwashing as well as premium that they they expected to pay. But but the framework like this actually gives a lot more confidence and actually help to manage some of that risk that come with greenwashing. Um, that's expected of anything that's happening in the market right now. Mm. I would say the the these bonds like these or the green green uh, financing doesn't necessarily give you a, a, a higher interest uh, uh, or or, or uh, 
returns, but it definitely reduces the risk. So therefore, mm-hmm. the re- re- uh, net risk-adjusted returns are very getting better and better for the investors. Plus, it it's gives them a lot more confidence that it's supported by MAS and uh, there will be certain uh, transparency and the governance that comes along with this mm-hmm. framework. So I, I think in, in summary, this really gives a lot more confidence to the investors and therefore that will position, as I said earlier, to Singapore um, as the regional hub for this. Right, as in we know that there's some guideline to follow, right? Absolutely, and yeah. which is and and which is also to be uh, sort of uh, monitored as well as tracked. It helps to bring a lot more uh, transparency. The the investors need to go back. Oh, sorry, the issuers need to go back to the investors on mm. a periodic basis to report on the whole objectives, why the bonds were issued, and how the proceeds have been used. So I think that hopefully should give a lot more confidence to the yes, investors. Yes, definitely. Okay, so now if we were to look at the green bonds, right? The proceeds from these sovereign bonds will be used to fund expenditures in support of the Singapore Green Plan 2030. So some of the tangible benefit includes the Jurong Region Line. Now besides that, um, what else can we see, you know, because like ESG impact, it's a bit hard to measure. Um, look, I think as per the 2030 Green Plan, there are five key pillars that have been defined uh, under that, including such as a city of nature, sustainable living, um, the, the green economy, as well as a resilient future. And, and we believe a lot of the issuance that will happen, both from the corporates as well as the government agencies, will be to fund um, the, the initiatives that a government is driving. I will give a couple of examples of that. One is really around the solar energy. Um, there is a, f- a project defined uh, to really fight fold or increase the the the, uh, the the capacity by five times over uh, over the next 10 years uh, to the two uh, two gigawatt of a cap- capacity being built in Singapore and that's a great example of how the proceeds will really benefit the country the mm-hmm. uh, the second example I'll talk about is uh, how enterprise Singapore has set up 180 million uh, uh, dollar of uh, uh, sort of a program for really helping some small and medium uh, enterprises in Singapore uh, to drive towards sustainability so it, that will actually help to bring the whole country forward onto this uh, green plan agenda. Mm, okay, then my next question would be, who audits to check that the proceeds are really used for the right purpose? Then? Yeah. So, uh, look, it's part of the framework. Uh, as part of the, the Green Board framework, the clear terms have been defined and the audit uh, uh, requirements also defined. Mm. Also, Ministry of Finance will also report regularly around what are the uh, the two parts to the reporting will be done on the Green uh, Bond framework. One is around the allocation reporting in terms of how the proceeds from these bonds have been allocated to the uh, to the programs that will help to drive the green agenda. And the second part is really on the impact reporting in terms of how those have been able to drive the green agenda and and be able to achieve some of the objectives that were set for the green plan. Mm. So hopefully that will give enough comfort to the the investor as well as the issuer that the the, the sort of the, the green bond framework is really helping to drive the development of the country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so more on the 50-year sovereign green bond, right? The coupon is 3% per year, payable semi-annually, and the minimum principal investment for retail investors is 1000 So the deal was more than twice oversubscribed by institutional investors. So while there's quite a strong demand from institutional investors, the response from retail investors was relatively muted. So given your expertise and business management experience, could you share and help shed light on why that might be the case? 
Look, the institutional investors and, and we've seen have already mostly, in most cases, set up their own targets, uh, whether it's 2050 targets or 2030 targets. Mm -hmm. And they have clear mandates to drive towards sustainable uh, investing as well as the impact investing. So therefore, they are a lot more aware of uh, um, the, the kind of issuance or the uh, happening in the market. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, we see that kind of uh, oversubscription um, and interest in green bonds like these. Uh, however, on the other hand, the retail investors are still sort of uh, uh, trying to understand the different complexity mm. that applies uh, to green investing and with a lot of bad publicity especially around greenwashing right. uh, sort of mutes that a little bit mm. I think it requires uh, a lot more awareness building um, across the across the country both in terms of the wealth managers have to come out and talk more, more and more about the green investing and the benefits of it for the retail investor and and similarly I think more and more events and and, and seminars are required right. to bring along the retail investor right. so yeah I think a concerted effort is required to br bring more awareness. Right, yeah, and more education to go. So just out of curiosity, you know, putting aside your profession and all that, um, would you personally be keen in getting the Servant Green Bond? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm all about uh, the, the, the sustainable future and, and the green bond is definitely a first step in sort of really funding that, as I mentioned, that some of the proceeds will actually help in developing the whole uh, sustainable future for me and for my, for my future uh, families to come. Right. So mm. I think uh, absolutely part of uh, want to be part of this, uh, this, this, this defining the future. <laughs> yes, yes. You sound like you can be the ambassador. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, moving on to our last question, I guess, to have a macro overview. So ESG research and the fixed income investment management are kind of like two different things and it requires a lot of integration work. Yeah. So now that we have a more comprehensive governance structure for green bonds, um, I guess the last question, the concluding one would be, what is your outlook for growth in the green bond market? Yeah, I think there are two parts to it. One is really the integration of the sustainable uh, criteria into the into the financing, um, and 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 this this uh, framework is a really a naturally good step towards that. But a lot more work needs to be done both on the issuer side as well as the investor side to really firstly understand how uh, the various criteria from sustainability perspective need to be integrated in the way they evaluate various uh, uh, financing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that uh, um, and there are different ways of doing it. I mean, you can do as impact investment. Investing, uh, that can directly invest in certain companies, or you can invest through an uh, instrument like these bonds. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that awareness and that evaluation criteria has been developing. The other big, uh, but but I still see this sustainable investment as a huge opportunity. As I mentioned in the beginning, the two trillion of investment needs to go in this in this uh, mm -hmm. infrastructure space only in Southeast Asia. And if you extrapolate to the rest of the Asia Pacific, uh, it, it's probably ten, tens of trillions required. And therefore, that creates a lot of opportunity for the investor in. This space mm. um, and uh, just bringing back to Singapore I mean Singapore has already said that we're going to issue 35 trillion of uh, billion of I keep saying trillion <laughs> billion of uh, for green bonds by 2030 which is next eight years which essentially means that gives an opportunity for investors to participate in this mm. as well as the issuers to be able to drive the the green agenda uh, for the country and their respective institutions so I am very bullish about it as I said I'll be very happy to participate in this uh, <laughs> in this growth in sustainability yeah. thank you Thank you so much. That's really insightful. This episode was brought to you by Bond Superman. I'm Feng Yi and our guest speaker with us today is Saurabh, partner at EY Parthenon. Follow Bond Superman on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.